Each year, the American Transportation Research Institute comes out with a list of the top 10 trucking industry concerns. It's no surprise that the top 10 concerns for drivers and owner-operators are not the same as it is for trucking executives. In this episode of Driven Too Far, we're going to dive into the top three concerns for drivers and execs. Hello, I'm Andrew Winkler, and this is Driven Too Far, the truth about trucking, a podcast that helps over-the-road truck drivers balance career and family. Each year, the American Trucking Research Institute comes out with a top 10 list of trucking concerns. And as you might expect, when they split the data up, the concerns of the drivers are not the same concerns as the executives or the trucking company owners. In fact, when we look at all 20 issues from the driver side and the owner side, only four issues are in common with both sides. So we have 16 unique issues between drivers and, and carriers. Obviously, each group probably looks through a different lens when they're considering the questions uh, on the survey. When I think about the drivers, they're probably thinking about, what's my paycheck going to look like this week? How am I going to put food on the table for the family? And then when you, you flip over to the business side, and these may be the executives running the trunking company or even possibly the owners, they probably have a longer-term approach to things. Of course, those things are important to them, like compensation and stuff for the drivers, but they're really thinking about, how am I going to keep this business afloat for the next year, three years, five years, et cetera? So they tend to look out a little bit further with the issues that are coming uh, into the industry. And that's really the difference of the two. One you could say is more of a short-term outlook on the driver's side. How is it affecting me now? And the ownership of the companies is probably looking into the future is like, what do I need to be doing today that's going to impact my future? We don't have time to break down the entire list on this episode. So let's dive into the top three in each section. And if we start with the drivers, the top of the list for 2022 was truck parking. And I'm probably not too surprised with that. It's definitely something uh, that, that, the, that would impact the driver that they think about all day long. And I gotta tell you, uh, as somebody that runs a truck line, I probably didn't give this enough thought over the last couple of years. And the first time that I was exposed to that, I had a driver call and he says, he says, yeah, they want me to pay 20 bucks to park here tonight. Will you pay that? And I thought, what in the world is going on? What do you mean we got to pay for parking now in the truck stop? I thought it was crazy. You know, after I thought about it for a while, um, if you're not aware, and if you're a little bit larger truck line, you'll understand this, but the, the price you pay for fuel, they usually give you a pretty good discount, the vendors do. Um, so you could even say, let's just say you're really buying the fuel for cost, maybe something like that at these truck stops. So their approach when they're working with big truck lines is, you know, get them in here, get the fuel at a, at a break-even type cost, and then they're counting on you uh, coming into their convenience store, you're going to buy food, you're going to buy groceries, uh, drinks, coffee, all that kind of stuff. So and that's really where they're making their money. Or maybe you're getting maintenance done at their facility and oil change. So the fuel is just the draw to get you into the truck stop. They're really making the money on the other things you purchase uh, alongside it. 
So maybe at some point, you know, when truck parking started to become an issue, somebody in one of those truck stops said, you know what, we've got the real estate here and it's valuable to these truckers. Maybe we ought to capitalize on that, start charging for trucking. So I'm guessing that's kind of where it probably came about. Um, and, you know, I, I resisted it. I didn't want anything to do with it. I told our drivers, you need to stay away from that. We're not going to start paying for truck parking. I thought the whole concept was ridiculous and it was just another scheme by the truck stops to, to make an extra buck type thing. But the more I thought about it and the more I talked to drivers, uh, what was happening because there was a truck parking shortage, uh, you start to see the truck stops fill up early in the day. And it's not unusual by three or four o'clock in the afternoon that these truck stops start to fill up. So what happens is it creates panic with the drivers and more drivers start pulling off the road early and pulling off the road earlier. And when you start to look at the data and you understand what's going on is your driver's really not able to finish his day. He's not able to drive out his hours that he has available because he's so concerned about finding a safe place to park overnight that he's quitting his day early. He's pulling in at three or four in the afternoon just so he can get a spot. And when I when I started weighing that out, it's like, okay, our guy only got six or seven hours of drive time in um, because that's all he felt he could safely do and have a good place to park at night. And the other side of that coin was, well, if I jump into this truck parking reserve a spot type idea, uh, maybe it costs a $20 bill, right? So it's well worth the driver going an extra few hours that he has available on his clock, coughing up the 20 bucks to cover the expense for him. So I kind of came full circle on that deal. And I got to tell you, when it, when it first hit us a few years back, I, I, was, I was as resistant as anybody because I thought it was just another scheme to make a buck by the truck stops. But um, we do have a truck parking issue in the industry and I'm glad to see there's some legislation coming up that's going to start to help resolve some of that. So I understand why truck parking is number one on the list for, for drivers this year. Fuel prices. So fuel price was, was one of the four uh, topics that landed on both um, lists. Now, if I were to take the driver side and fuel prices, and if I were to split that and say, we, let's say we surveyed company drivers and owner operators, uh, and that data is available in the report, fuel price did not come up as an issue on the company driver side, which you probably wouldn't expect it to because the company's paying for the fuel, not a concern of the company driver. But when you start to look at the owner operators in the fuel and what's happened this year with fuel spikes, it's no doubt it's high on the list and it's it's number two on the list for drivers. It's also number three on the list for companies um, you know, the, the, the national fleet, when I talk about the national fleet, it's, it's all the truck lines combined that run up and down the roads in North America, U.S. and Canada. Most of the truck lines out there are still small carriers, meaning one, one man type operations, maybe up to 10 trucks, something like that is the highest percentage of trucks operating out there. It's also that same group of small carriers, owner operators that don't have the leverage to get the big fuel discounts. So it's no doubt uh, the reason why it's such a concern. Now, the larger carriers out there, 
if you're on contract freight with certain group of customers, you likely have good fuel surcharge programs built. And if you do that and you have those built, then you're somewhat shielded and protected from the spikes in fuel. And that's really what differentiates um, you know, the small guy versus the bigger carrier. Can the small guy be protected? You, you certainly can, but if you're out there playing the load boards and the spot markets, you're really vulnerable to the fuel price. Uh, if you're working with brokers, there's a good chance um, maybe they're not going to cough up all the fuel surcharge that the customer made available to them or something. And, and let's be honest, sometimes a small guy, you're just not a strong negotiator when it comes to fuel pricing, when it comes to rate negotiation, and you're just leaving too many things open. So it's going to be a difficult task for the small guy to be able to collect enough fuel surcharge to really keep them safe and isolate themselves from the spikes in the industry. Number three on the driver side, no surprise here, driver compensation. What I thought was interesting about driver compensation is it has been on the list for the last few years, but it hasn't always been on the list. They supplied uh, information on the survey that went back, I think at least 10 years, maybe even longer than that. But driver compensation has only appeared on the list for the last four years, maybe, something like that. So I thought that was really inter interesting. Um, it's no doubt that it's on there. Uh, everybody, it doesn't matter if you're in trucking or something else, everybody wants more money for the effort for the jobs they do. So not surprised, but there has been a lot more emphasis on the pay for truckers and drivers uh, over the last four years. We jump over to the carrier side of things and their top three was driver shortage, driver retention, and fuel prices. So that was the carrier side of top three. And, and I'm I'm a carrier, so I find this really interesting. Uh, we're fortunate enough to have our fleet, uh, what I consider full. Uh, we always have a couple empty trucks here and there, but we also have some spares laying around. But when I think about those top two, driver shortage and driver retention, this it, it really tells a story. Is how we've got things backwards on the carrier side. First off, if we would focus on the driver retention, would the driver shortage take care of itself? I think common sense might say, yeah, it, it certainly could. Um, so the question really becomes to the leaders and the truck operators out there is what are you doing? If, if driver shortage is your number one concern, what are you doing to change things? What are you doing within your company to make a better life, a better lifestyle for your drivers, their families, to keep them around? If we can focus on the retention piece and keep the good drivers we have employed, then the driver shortage starts to go away. I heard an interesting comment the other day, and I don't remember where I heard it. It might have been a radio show or a podcast or something. but somebody made the comment that there's enough CDL, licensed CDL drivers in the United States than more to, to more than fill every truck that's empty right now. So what that tells me as an industry is we've done a lousy job of getting people in industry and keeping them. So something's happening where we recruit, we train new people into the industry, and then something happens and we push them back out. And I think that's really where the answer lies is, are we looking in the mirror? Are we looking at ourselves, trying to figure out what are we doing to run these people off? Because there's more than enough CDL drivers out there to fill every truck we have open. And that's crazy to me. 
If we consolidate the top 10 list from 2017 to 2021, the driver shortage had the number one spot in the consolidated list of the top 10. This year, driver shortage actually fell one spot, but it's still in the top two over the last five years. Even though we've only been able to touch the tip of the iceberg today on some of the top issues in our industry, I hope I gave you a little insight to why all these issues are relevant and important to our industry. As a business leader in this industry, it's important that we don't just focus on the long-term goals of the company. We really need to focus on the driver's short-term concerns. It's just so interesting to me that if, if we would take the time to listen to our drivers, and address the issues they're having like truck parking and and compensation and some of those things, it's amazing how much shorter our list would become as owners or leaders in the trucking industry. So we have to address the short-term concerns of the driver. We can't just overlook that thinking, oh, we've got bigger fish to fry. There's, We've just got to take the time to listen to what's important to our drivers. That's how we start to get them to stay in the industry. If we don't make changes, yeah, they're gonna leave. And as a driver, I hope I've given you just a little bit of insight, maybe what goes on behind the scenes from uh, the, the, the management teams of your trucking company. So I would ask of you, if you're a driver, maybe just broaden your lens just a little bit. I know it's the short-term stuff that's important to you. Uh, what's my paycheck gonna be like? When am I getting home next? Um, and things like that. But just understand that we as leaders in the trucking industry, we're absolutely fighting for you and we're trying to make things better for you. So the best thing you can do to help us is communicate, whether that be through your advisory board, uh, whether that's stopping in and talking to somebody you trust within your organization, or whether you pop in and, and talk to the the lead in the in the company but just have honest and open conversations of what's really going on in your mind sometimes it's just questions you need answered and sometimes you have some really great ideas of what we could change to make our companies better and we'd love to hear them thanks for joining us on this episode of the podcast we have more on today's topic and resources for you in the show notes subscribe now so you never miss an episode of driven too far the truth about trucking